This message was shared from the pulpit at Good News Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. For more information, visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org. 2 Peter chapter 1. I want you to look at verse 11, please. Whatever is taught before verse 11 is there, so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This verse reminds us that when we see Jesus, he wants that to be a grand reunion. Sometimes we get in our heads because we live in this flesh and we know how weak we are, that when Jesus sees us, uh, we can expect a scowl. And he's going to let us into heaven, but when we pass him, he'll be shaking his head. Does your flesh ever talk to you like that? You know, my mind lies to me all the time. That's why I've got to be in God's word to see reality. And the Lord is teaching us here that he wants us to have an abundant entrance into his presence. There are other passages that encourage us with that. He that hath begun the good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. All I need to do is yield to him and he's going to continue that good work and he's preparing me to be like him and to hear well done. I recently quoted from the end of Jude. Jude is a very sobering, small letter. But that letter ends with, Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before his presence with exceeding joy. That's, a, that's an, a, an important perspective to have. That is the biblical perspective. It, it is amazing to me. I watch the disciples as they follow the Lord through his earthly ministry. We read about that in the Gospels. And those guys, those guys are constantly messing up, right? They're saying things. They're bickering. They're questioning the Lord. All that happens. But then, after his resurrection, there are some dramatic changes that happen. Even their whole tone changes. And after Pentecost, you don't see disciples that have their heads hanging down. And, you know, I, we know that we're going to see the Lord again, but, but uh, you know, we have reservations. You don't, you don't get that sense at all. They're excited. They can't wait to see Jesus again. So that needs to be our perspective, but we shouldn't be passive about it. And that's what P uh, Peter is teaching to those that are reading this second letter from him. All right, so God wants our bodily meeting with him to be very positive. Having an abundant entrance, though, necessitates some purposeful action on our part. So how do I have that abundant entrance? Go back to verse 5. And beside this, giving all diligence... Add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
These things be in you and abound. So we need to be diligent to add these things to our faith. What's the word add mean? It means to supply, supplement. As I'm depending on the Lord, I'm also trusting the Lord and I'm, I'm seeking to add these things to my trust. So Lord, along with my faith in you, I need to add knowledge of you and these other traits. I wish we could take time to look at all of them tonight. We're just going to be able to look at one. There is a purpose in the order that they're giving. Each trait mentioned builds on the previous one, starting with faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So we start with faith dependence on him, but then we purpose to add some things to our faith. Just like every day, we should purpose, according to Ephesians 6, to put on the armor of God. It doesn't come looking for you. You need to go put it on. All right. Hudson Taylor said this of faith. He said, it's not striving after faith, but resting on the faithful one, depending on him and then seeking to please him. Lord, help me to add these things and then to purpose to do so. The scripture says, if we believe not, he abides faithful. So even in my failings, he's always faithful. If I'll just yield to him, he is the faithful one. He cannot fail. Our problem is often that we begin by giving all diligence, but we fail to rest on Christ for his divine power. How important is that? Look up at verse 3. According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. So watch what's happening here as I depend and I purpose to add these things. Lord, add this trait to my faith. I'm depending on his power that has given me everything I need to live life and to be godly. And we read that we are to add to our faith virtue. Boiling that down, virtue is simply adding to our faith the things that bring praise to to Christ, his excellencies. What is it about Jesus that made him excellent and made him worthy of praise? Just think about his life for a moment. And whatever that was, his love, his compassion, his patience, his being driven to please the Father, those things all brought him praise from the Father those are things that we need to add to our lives so they bring in praise as well. We're to add to our, our faith knowledge of Christ. How well do you really know Jesus based on how he's portrayed in God's word? Jesus shouldn't be something that you've conjured up or, or, or what uh, a Jesus that you've formed in your mind. Some Christians do that. That their Jesus is not the Jesus of the Bible. Okay, I know they trusted the Jesus that died on the cross and rose again, but but now their Jesus is tolerant and their Jesus is no. We need to know Jesus in the book. But I want to focus in this message tonight in our remaining time on this trait: temperance. Temperance. Verse six tells us that in our knowledge of the Lord Jesus. 
uh, adding to our faith, and then this knowledge, we're to add temperance. Now, whatever this word means, it can only be understood within the scope of our life with Christ. Everything here is focused on Jesus. Adding to our faith in him, our knowledge of him, seeking to please him because we're like him. That makes us praiseworthy, okay? The word translated temperance is two Greek words that are joined together. The first word means this. It means to hold, all right? Whatever temperance means, the first part of it means to hold. Okay, it refers to gripping something, holding it so tightly that it can't get away. The other part of the word is a simple word in the Greek language. It's the two letters E-N, or in our English we pronounce it in. So here's the idea. It's a holding in. That's temperance. Biblical temperance is holding something in so tightly that it cannot escape. So we conclude from the text here, there are some things that come from within us that should be held inside and not let go. Let me just ask a couple questions quickly. Is there anything that has ever escaped from you that you wish you could take back? Okay. You know where I'm going, right? Has there anything ever escaped your lips? Or your behavior? And perhaps even you thought, where did that come from? The Bible says that our hearts, the heart of man is desperate above all things, or is uh, evil above all things and desperately what? Wicked. That's why the Lord says, guard your heart with all diligence for out of it, out of it, are you seeing this, are the issues of life. All of us understand the expression, I had to bite my tongue. Why? Because every once in a while, it's just fun to bite your tongue. I mean, it's just, no, that hurts. What that expression means, there are things that were trying to escape my mouth. I had to bite my tongue. That's exactly the idea here. Holding in. Don't let it go. Praise God for godly spouses. Has there ever been something that was about to escape you and your spouse was going? Because he knew you well enough. She knew you well enough. Don't let it out. Right? All right. I, I'm preaching to the pious tonight. You have no idea what I'm talking about. But trust me, it happens. It can be something this simple. Somebody is talking to me. And I should hold in and just let them finish. But I want to interject. I want to be heard. There's a time, according to Solomon, to keep silent. What's necessitated there? Holding in. All right. So, again, I wish we had time to develop all of these traits. But tonight I want to look at the fact 
that we are to hold in. Just make this note in your minds, please. If we go to the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5.22, and this is, this is a homework assignment, okay? Sometime later, go back to this list that Peter gives us in 2 Peter 1 and compare it with the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5.22. You will be amazed at the parallels. We could say this, that the fruit of the Spirit is everything that Peter has listed here, too. All right? Where I want to react, I want to speak out, and I feel that rising within me, and the Holy Spirit says, don't let that go. Now, if we add these traits to our faith, because we're yielded to the Holy Spirit, then... We'll have an abundant entrance into heaven. And by the way, as Second Peter talks about, we'll also be fruitful here. So reward there, fruitful here. I've entitled our challenge tonight, Hold In As You Hold On. Hold it in, but who are we holding on to? <laughs> Spirit of God. Hold in as you hold on. Aristotle wrote a book about temperance 300 years before Peter wrote this letter. His book was entitled Virtues and Vices. He defined a temperate person, again using the same Koine Greek, a temperate person as someone who can hold their passions and appetites in. Aristotle said the opposite person was unrestrained in their passions and ran wild. Those were his words. He summarized temperance as, quote, a virtue that gives a man victory over the appetites of his soul, end quote. Temperance, then, is victory over desire. We are to add to our faith mastery of our longings. Another important way to put it. So as I add temperance to my faith, my, my, I'm sorry, my, my life, my faith, I focus on resisting my tendency to trust self, praise self, and do things that only please the flesh. I hold in. Do I want to trust myself? Do I want to please myself? Do I want to bring praise on myself? Hold it in. It makes me think even of what Solomon said, let another man praise thee and not thee thyself. Our flesh wants everybody to see us. And again, that, that rises. And I ask God, help me to hold that in. You must increase, I must what? I must decrease. Hold it in. If somebody's going to notice, if they're going to say something, Whatever. But I'm going to hold in my attempts to exalt self. Now why is it so important that we hold in the sinful expressions of our flesh? Go over to 1 Peter chapter 2. Just go over to the previous letter. 1 Peter 2 and look at verse 11 there. 1 Peter 2, 2 11. Dearly beloved... I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims abstain from fleshly lusts. When your flesh wants to 
Let your passions go. Abstain. Why? What are the last four words of that verse? Which war against the soul. When lust hath conceived, it brings forth sin. And when sin is finished, it brings forth death. So when those passions rise up, hold them in through the power of the Lord. So we're to add to our faith the ability, again through the Spirit, to hold in the desires of the flesh. Excessive spending, eating, sleeping, talking, amusements, recreation. My flesh wants to do all those things in excess. Also consider that the first part of temperance is... Just go midway through that verse and draw, or through that word, draw a line, take off A N C E, and what do you have? Temper. Mm. Boy, could we talk about anger tonight? Where does anger come from? Well, they made me. No. No. It comes from within, it rises up. And the Holy Spirit needs to help us hold it in. He that does not have rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. If you can't hold in temper, you you and I, if that's our condition, our situation, we are so vulnerable. So we're to hold on to these desires that want to express themselves in a sinful way. So let's close tonight with a few thoughts about adding temperance. How do we do it? Well, first of all, we need to be looking unto Jesus. Jesus is the perfect example of holding in. Is that a true statement? Amen? All right, yeah. All right. This is why faith dependence on Jesus is first. Praising him in all things. Again, virtue. Knowing him so that we can be like him. Third, holding in temperance. Over and over we see Jesus holding in when he was reviled, insulted, challenged about his teachings. Questioned about what he was doing, though he was the perfect son of God. So look unto Jesus. He's the perfect example of holding in. When he was reviled, what did he do? Reviled not again. Number two, the spirit of Christ in us is the perfect enabler for holding in. Again, the spirit of Christ is the perfect enabler for holding in. Who is helping you to hold in? The one who is the perfect example of holding in. But he is all powerful. Galatians 5, 16 and 23. We're not going to turn there, but they lay this out for us. Walk in the spirit and ye shall not fulfill what? Lust of the flesh. You hold it in. The spirit's control as I yield keeps me from obeying the flesh. All right. And along with this restraint, there is also provision. Galatians 5.23, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. What's the last one in the list? Temperance. Again, such there is no law. So the Spirit of Christ 
It's the perfect enabler for this trait. Then finally, number three, Jesus expects you to deny your natural tendency. Do you know one of the most practical, helpful things that you can understand is to realize God told me to practice temperance because that is exactly the opposite of my flesh. What happens is we start trusting the flesh that it's not going to want to express itself. Hello, it will. There's no such thing as good flesh. All right, so Jesus expects us to deny our natural tendency. Listen to Matthew 16, 24. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself. What is that? Hold in. Take up his cross and follow me. James 4, 7. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil. In other words, hold in the desire to take his bait, and he will flee from you. The Scottish preacher Alexander McLaren said this, quote, I have observed that there is a tendency today to so emphasize the truth that Christianity can sanctify nearly everything. Now let me just pause, help you understand what he's saying. Even in McLaren's day, like in our day, there was this idea of Christian grace that is tolerant. Well, I'm under grace. I don't have to hold in. I can drink what I want. I can go be entertained as I want. I'm under grace. What Paul says, should we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. No, in fact, grace teaches us to deny ungodliness and worldly lust. When you depend on the Holy Spirit, when I depend on him, he gives me grace not to let go, but to hold in. That's what McLaren was saying. You know, there's this teaching today that, well, all of this is okay. Listen to what else he said. But this has been taken to such a degree that we have lost the self-denial that is the gymnastic unto godliness. Was Jesus like God? He held in. Does God hold in? He sure does. Do you know if he gave this earth right now what this earth diseased? It'd be gone in a flash of fire. But he is long suffering. What's he doing? He's holding in. He's waiting. He's, he's watching as the cup of his wrath continues to be filled up. Now, is he going to judge sin? He already has in his son. But yes, he, he's going to judge sin. But why is he waiting to come back and set in motion the events that will bring tribulation to this earth? Why is he waiting? He's holding in because he wants folks to be saved. He so loved the world that he gave us his son. So let's conclude as we yield to the spirit. Looking to the example of Jesus and holding in what our flesh wants is temperance. 
God produces this temperance in us and adds it to our faith for an abundant entrance into his presence. Do you know how you'll be ready to meet Jesus? Hold in when it comes to the things that your flesh wants to do. Yield to the Spirit of God. Hold back. And it pleases the Lord. There will be an abundant entrance. So the question tonight, will you hold in as you hold on to the Spirit for enablement in your life? Be temperate and you'll be ready to meet the Lord. Let's stand. Father, thank you for this truth. Help us to hold in as we hold on to you, as we depend And Lord, may others see our temperance. May others see our moderation. The Lord is at hand. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you have questions about your relationship with God, or you would like to know more about the ministry of Good News Baptist Church, you can visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org or call us at 757-488-3241. We trust your heart was challenged as you listened, and we want to encourage you to share this message with others. May the truth of God's word be your guide as you strive to follow Christ and make him known to others.